0: Hello, everyone. It's a special edition of Week in EdTech. We're coming to you live. It is Thursday, May 4th, and we are covering the Chegg fallout. Um, What's going on? Tell us what's happening, Alex, and help us make sense of it.
1: Well, (laughs) so Chegg, one of the uh, beleaguered public ed tech companies that has just really seen its stock get battered at, in various ways over the last few years. It went way up and then it went a lot down, just saw a it's biggest loss ever about half of its stock price. Uh, you know, the chalk stock check stock was cut in half after the most recent earnings call in which the CEO mentioned that chat GPT is increasingly, you know, uh, becoming a, he didn't use the word competitor, but he's basically said people are lo- using chat GPT more and more and they, something that they're, they're aware of and keeping an eye on and the market completely panicked and have sold off, you know, a lot of Chegg stock and it's way, way down. Other ed tech companies are also down in the stock market. Other public ed tech companies, we saw Pearson decline by 10%. Duolingo's down as much as 12 um, to you down at much as 10%. It's trading at, $3 something right now, which is like, it was at 90 a, a couple of years ago. Um, and it, it, it. I think there's this narrative on LinkedIn right now, this narrative that ChatGPT is here, it's gonna disrupt things, and they just identified something that it could definitely disrupt, which is a certain type of education company, like a Acheg that offers homework help and tutoring and um, textbooks and things like that. It's a pretty nutty time. what what do you think, Ben? what what do you think let's do a little yeah. bit
0: of like so diving into what's actually happening with Chegg and then we can step back and do a little bit bigger picture. So the what's happening with Chegg is by any measure that we would look at financially, they're doing well. They had seven percent growth year over year to one hundred eighty seven million many people are experiencing flat to down growth they're growing their earnings per share was really strong so you know you wouldn't expect a big correction but their 52 week range so basically over the last year they were trading at a high of 30 dollars a share and down all the way to eight dollars and 72 cents a share um so what was it that really took this over the edge was it that they were asleep at the wheel and not ready for AI? I I think nope. both you and I agree they weren't. They launched Chegmate, which was a, a partnership with OpenAI to create um, a smart tutor that leverages generative AI. So they did that right. It wasn't a dramatic fall off of customers or revenue, as I just said, but the you know it could have been in part because of the messaging in the quarterly call um the quote from the the ceo dan Rosenweg was in the first part of the year we saw no noticeable impact from chat on our new account growth and we were meeting expectations on new signups so that didn't seem like a, a like a big issue so you know i i will say um chegg has been actually under fire for a while yeah some of the concerns about their growth rate um have been um, you know, brought to bear in the kind of COVID post COVID um, reality, I think they were probably a little bit overvalued and kind of came back to earth. But I do think that there's a little bit of a market overreaction here. Um, the last thing I would just also say is they the biggest criticism of Chegg, generally speaking, is that it's a cheating platform or that it's just used as a fast track to get the answer. And so I do think there's a real um, risk or a narrative around, you know, any company that's trying to help you get the answer right or find the information fast, going to be impacted by, you know, generative AI platforms, including ChatGPT. But man, Chegg had done all the right things, grow revenue, integrate with OpenAI, communicate a strong message, and boom, they are just hit with the hammer of the markets. What's your read of of where Check is today, where they've been, and and what this means for Check?
1: It's it's hard to say. I mean, you know, he did mention uh, Rosenzweig did mention in his earnings call that the um that the growth rate that the customer growth rate was affected by the popularity of Chat GPT. That, that's at least what you know. How the how the journal, the Wall Street Journal, is quoting it. That it's affecting its customer growth rate. But really, I I don't think that this is a rational response. I I think this is the investment community and you know saying ChatGPT is on everybody's minds. This thing is the fastest growing tech of all time. It's in headlines every day. It's connected to the biggest companies. Companies like Google are panicking around it. I mean, when a company like Google panics, that's a big deal. That's that's company has not needed to panic for a very, very long time. And I think that people, I think he made a mistake by associating anything related to ChatGPT with something negative at Chegg. I mean, Chegg, as you said, he met, Rosenzweig met with Sam Altman from OpenAI. They figured out a way to put AI into their tutoring platform this this uh, Chegg Mate feature, which depending on what you read, either already launched or is about to launch. So they were they did things to be on the right side of this change, and they were ahead of it, as was Duolingo and Khan Academy. But I think just it was a <laughs> I don't know almost put like a zeitgeist mistake, like saying that ChatGPT is a, is hurting Chegg in any way. Even the glimmer of that, I think, sends people into a total panic because everybody's. Nervous. I mean, we're seeing banks closing. We're seeing th- new technologies. Just nobody knows what to make of them. And I think that you know, by just l- l- dropping that seed in people's minds that ChatGPT may be eating into our business, and everybody expects ChatGPT to change everything. People made the the, the sort of syllogistic jump. Oh, sounds like ChatGPT is going to destroy this company because it's bringing it down a little bit now, and we know it's going to get bigger. Um, I don't think it's a fair reaction. I think, it, 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 I, you know, I, it just does. It doesn't seem rational, but at the same time, it's very illustrative. And I think all of us in ed tech should be very thoughtful about how we approach this new technology and what we say about it, because it could be incredibly accelerative to ed tech as we've been talking about for months. But this is a this is a poster child story for how it could be very bad for ed tech if the narrative comes out that. This will replace ed tech companies.
0: So, I just to further um, sharpen the pencil on this one, and, and just to kind of put the caveat out there, like Alex and I are not financial nope. advisors, <laughs> and we have no interest in Chegg whatsoever, nope. you know, materially. And, you know, to be honest, we've like amplified some of the concerns about Chegg before, and we've heard lots of people talking about how's Chegg gonna navigate the ecosystem. So, it's been part of our podcast, follow Chegg. And and for our listeners, why is this so important? There's so few publicly traded EdTech companies right. that they really have a disproportionate impact on our space. One, because valuations in EdTech are tied to like projected valuations on public markets, but also they really set the tone of whether the industry is thriving and growing or whether it's contracting and so on. Just to give a few numbers here in 2017, Total revenue at Chegg was 255 million. 2018, 321, 2019, 411, 2020, 644 million. So they had this huge growth spur through 2020. But from 6, 6, 644 to 776 in total revenue, that's okay. That's not a crazy growth percentage, but that's still pretty darn good. And I'll I'll tell you: like 99% percent of the listeners out here, you would love to have a total revenue of 775 million right. or, or 776 million. So I just think it is a really, um, you know, it's a really important time to look at how people are valuing that revenue and that growth potential. They are not adding a multiple. We've talked about to you. We've talked about by Juice quite a bit and their struggles in terms of navigating it. Um, you know the narrative and the perception, and, as well as demonstrating concrete sustainable value. I think this is a really Chegg's in a really tough space. So the so what for me is on Chegg's um, position, and this is also for to you and a couple others. This is a perfect moment for somebody to do a leverage buyout or to take them private, and. You know, when you're looking at their earnings per share and you're looking at like this, what the stock's trading at and their gross margin, this could be a really great business to um, take out of the spotlight, reduce some of those pressures, continue to double down on the channel advantage that they have selling to universities and direct to students. AI tutoring is going to be a thing. It is going to be a thing in so many different ways. Chegg's got a a, a potential advantage here. And by taking them out of that spotlight, I think they could actually, their brand could recover and they could, you know, generate more traction. Yeah. So that's what's exciting to me. I'm like, there's a deal here to be had. And I think we're seeing in mid-market and small business space, people being way more creative financially now because the kind of floodgates of capital have closed. I think this could be a really interesting story of where does check go from here uh, financially and organizationally. Uh, Oh, and last thing too, if you're an employee at any of these companies, it's such a bummer when you have like stock options and you're, you're hoping that the stock, you know, part of why you work for a publicly traded company, do you want to get the stock options and that's part of the value here? And, you know, that there's going to have to be some like talent reconciliation here, around how do they make sure that people are incentivized to continue to grow Check because they've always been a, a place for mission-driven talented people who want to work on like scalable ed tech solutions. Yeah. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or, or, you know, feel free, Alex to zoom no. us out onto the, the broader landscape.
1: The, the thing that I would build on there, I think that was made total sense. The thing that I would build on there is this sort of um, combination of post pandemic, you know, rethinking and these AI fears, because you look at Czech stock in February of 2021, it was at $113 a share we, it, during the, oh th- those, you know, during those, uh, those, those big revenue, uh, years that you were talking about in the middle of the pandemic. And then it's, you know, it's just been hit so hard that you're, you're down at, you know, 10 bucks right now under 10. And, I really think. I mean, you look at some of the headlines around this. I don't. I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but you look at some of the headlines around this. CNBC headline: Chegg Shares drop more than 40% after company says ChatGPT is killing its business. <laughs> killing it. He did not say that. That is not the narrative here. But he. But they let it become the narrative because it's the. It's what people want to hear. It's what people expect to hear. And so just by introducing ChatGPT into the conversation, people are like, we've been waiting to see what this is gonna kill, what jobs it's gonna kill, what industries it's gonna kill. Okay, this is what it's gonna kill. And the press just jumped all over it. And um, it's, yeah, I I mean, in terms of the fundamentals of Chegg's business, I have no idea. It sounds like they've been doing great. They've been, been, there's over 3000 employees. They've been um, chugging along growing for years. Uh, They founded in 2005. I I, I have nothing bad to say about Chegg. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of, of, uh, you know, tools that that answer questions directly. And I think some of Chegg stuff, some small percentage of Chegg stuff is sort of built like that. But I have nothing against Chegg as a company. I just think from from a zooming out perspective, the ecosystem, the edtech industry should be a little nervous right now because there was already the narrative that The pandemic could have made it take off, but it didn't. And it fell back to earth in 2022, right? And we saw that from the investment standpoint. We've seen the the EdTech winter, all of that story. Now there's the new meme that could be popping around, which is, oh, AI is going to do all the educating from now on. Just like AI is going to be doing all the searching from now on, AI is going to do the educating. So why would we need XYZ, fill in the blank EdTech company? That is a intense and quite scary narrative that's a narrative we do not want in this field and i don't think it's accurate but it's also like yeah i, don't, I mean
0: yeah so so actually but the what's so great and appealing about that narrative is it's so simple and easy to understand and so yes. and, and whether you're raising your first round or whether you're trying to raise a fund to invest in edtech tech you're going to have to answer this question, which is, why can't ChatGPT just do it? And why aren't they going to come in and just do it to you like they did Chat? And so I think I, you know, the light bulb is actually real time going off for me, Alex, on the like multimodal implication of this. But what I will say, actually, I'm curious to hear what is the counter narrative to that? If I were going to do the counter narrative, I would... Either um, take a throw check under the bus approach, which would be like, <laughs> if, you, if you are doing cheating, you will be disrupted. Mm-hmm. But if you are doing, you know, deep learning and able to, you know, help people navigate to greater understanding and competency quicker, this is actually an amplifying thing. We're in bucket two. They're in mm-hmm. bucket one. And that's not fair to check like you just said. Uh, but that's an easier way to frame it. Yep. The second narrative could be, you know, he who is close to the data will win the AI wars. Right. And that's a great, that should be the defense for Chegg. They, there's very few people that have the kind of student data right. and like curricular data. I mean, basically, they have the answers to every single textbook ever right. written in the history of humankind. Right. That's a pretty good data set to train some AI on. Checkmate should be kicking butts. So, Yep. You know, next quarter's earnings, they're going to need to come out with a new narrative on this point, demonstrating that the kind of head-to-head ChatGPT versus Chegmate, they're leaps and bounds above, not only to win investors back, but also to win the kind of student mindshare. Um, but I, I don't know. What do you, like, if yeah. you were an edtech entrepreneur and somebody said, well, why should I invest? What about Chegg? How would you respond?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Great question. Uh, I mean, the second argument there, the data one, I think is accurate, but I think it's maybe a little nuanced for the market right now. Um, As is the sort of extension of that, which is LLMs in the education world are going to win over LLMs in the internet world, like open AI. Like that would be a, a sort of broad stroke way to say the same thing. It's like, Oh, you know open ai is trained on Breitbart. like we have proof it's trained on all this insane stuff if you train a model on incredibly well vetted curricular data like that chegg has or that you know you has or coursera has or, or 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 pearson has or you know any of these companies have that is the future of ai like if that's how that's a narrative that may it's probably still too nuanced but it maybe would stick a little you you, you can you can actually throw open ai under the bus right mm. you could throw some mm-hmm. of these these this current generation of generative ai as the sort of junior version the 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 teenage version of chat of of ai and the adult version is the one that actually knows the answers like you're saying that that's one way to do it Throwing Chegg under the bus is another way. Um, I don't know if that would work right now. Because I think, as you said, there's so few public ed tech companies. I think people just see them as this small group that sort of goes Pearson is down.
0: Pearson is down. Like the publishers are coming down because of this stuff too. So it's creating this weight across all the publicly traded
1: companies. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to do much to sort of try to define the difference between a Chegg and a Pearson. Uh, I just don't know if if investors or journalists or the kind of people who drive the narrative care that, that much about the nuance. But you know, maybe a catchy story that we could do in the ed tech world is is this sort of idea of like, oh, you know, the reason why Jeffrey Hinton just quit Google is because Google's overreacting to Microsoft. And basically these big tech companies are about to use AI to monetize everything. We use, scan our brains for ads, like like the, the, Like this, this current trajectory of of generative AI is going to be a, like a, a hyper capitalist nightmare, which is basically what Jeffrey Hinton said. Um, instead, we should have a more sophisticated version of. Of jitter of AI. Right. I mean,
0: I love what you're saying. If I were a policymaker, if I'm like <laughs> an investor, I'm gonna hate everything you just said. Because you know, trying to argue against open AI, it, you know, in my mind as a like a greedy capitalist, it's like, wow, that's like the textbook of success. If only I were part of something like that. So right, right. I, I think here here's what I think the main takeaway, and this is why we wanted to bring this episode to you live. Everyone out there, regardless of your role, it is really important to have the conversation internally amongst your team and with the people that you trust on not only what is our, uh, our approach to AI, how are we incorporating it or how are we rejecting it, but also how are we messaging that approach to our various stakeholders? Because customers listen to this, uh, you know, investors listen to this. Team, new team members, listen to this. And so much of the great things y'all are doing to transform learning in edtech will get uh, an unnecessary headwind by yes. virtue of being in the same you know category as this story about Check. And then you know also Dan, if you're listening, it you know Dan Rosenweig, you did everything right from our viewpoint in terms of. You know, building a good business, incorporating AI, talking about how you know the business is still strong, and also being transparent with investors. I'm sure you are banging your head on the wall as you see these headlines roll out. Um, stay, stay strong on all of that stuff. We'll continue to follow the journey here. Any final words of advice or thoughts, Alex, for our listeners? Sure.
1: Just one short one, which is, I think the, you know, the the best counter narrative I've seen so far is what Khan is doing with his recent TED talk, right? And what he, and his talk at ASUGSV. He's coming out saying, look at this exciting world we're about to enter where AI helps education. And, you know, I mean, and I'm looking at the headlines for that, right? AI will give every student a personalized tutor, says Sal Khan. Sal Khan explains why GPT-4 is ready to be a tutor. Sal Khan uh, demoed Khan Migo, described as a teacher's aid on steroids. Khan Academy head wants AI to assist kids rather than do the work for them. I mean, these are these are great headlines, right? These are this is a very positive spin on this. It's saying, "Hey, we get AI, we understand it, we're working alongside it, and it's going to make our business so much more amazing. You'll it'll blow your mind." I mean, Khan already is seen as sort of the world's tutor. So if he can say, okay, I'm the world's tutor, this AI tutor is going to make me even better. That's the right narrative for net tech right now. That's what we want people to be thinking. This 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 Chegg narrative which, you know, I it's just like such a weird this Chegg narrative is exactly what we don't want people to think. What no industry wants people to be thinking, right? I mean, it, the, you don't want Harvey to you know people to come out and say oh Harvey just disrupted the the LexisNexis and the legal industry and that that it's all gone it, you just sell your stock today like that can happen to anybody right now but
0: yeah well and it's yeah. going to keep happening it's I mean look that's that narrative is so simple and powerful it's going to keep happening and some of it is true you know some measure of uh, AI disrupting industries or impacting jobs is true. And so the real question is, can you as an organization or as an individual demonstrate your ability to harness AI for upside opportunity? And message it, and message upside? it. I,
1: yeah. I think the messaging is 90% of this. I think if you hadn't said the words chat GPT, Dave's stock would be totally fine. Nobody would have cared about the numbers. That's my, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Hot take but,
0: uh, from Alex Arlen. Well, this has been a special episode of the week in edtech we wanted to bring this to you because you're probably watching this happen as we are we'll be back with our regular scheduled episode early next week thank you all for listening and if it happens in edtech you'll hear about it on the week in edtech
1: this season of EdTech insiders is brought to you by tuck advisors tuck advisors is a trusted name in education m a Founded by serial entrepreneurs with over 25 years of experience starting, investing in, and selling companies, Tuck Advisors believes founders deserve M&A advisors who work as hard as they do.